prayers this morning. And uh, Jesus, our healer. Well, this is a kind of uh, a word for right now. The world needs to hear this. There are people suffering different things right now out there. We've got people losing their jobs. We've got people that are just suffering through all sorts of things. We're seeing food shortages happening now in certain parts of the world. Uh, California's report yesterday, there's no food on the shelves in the shops. And, uh, and this is all a result of all this um, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, time. But we know that God sees everything, and we know God will provide. He is your Jehovah Jireh, your provider, and we need to have confidence in that this morning and know that He will be there for us. But He is also our healer. You know, when we look into the world today, people have a fascination with healing. You know, I've been through townships like Handorf, and you see these, I don't know what they are, <laughs> these ladies practicing tarot cards and all this sort of mystic healing and all this sort of stuff. And when I see that, I go, oh, that is so, that's so bad, you know. I like to stand. When I see those people uh, reading tarot cards or, uh, you know, you see a little table, you see this person talking to that one, I like to linger by the doorway with them so seeing. I just start praying against them that, that nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and just see them get frustrated because the power of God is greater than the power of the enemy. And we need to be aware of that, you know, because we're being bombarded with, false hope out there all the time you know even on late tv shows there's these things about psychic healings and all these kind of crazy things and whatever but i want to tell you this morning that there is only one real healing and that comes from jesus christ the rest are counterfeit we know the devil is a counterfeiter he's got nothing to offer that's real he's a liar he's a cheat he's a steal he comes to kill steal and destroy but we have one who comes to give us life, life in abundance. That's Jesus. As we put our hope and trust in him this morning, we will see that come to pass. You know, I was just reminded of some of the stories in the Old Testament regarding the sorcerers that are written in there. There's one in Exodus uh, chapter 7 where the story of uh, Moses was told to throw down his stick and it would turn into a snake. You know that story? Pretty neat party trick, eh? <laughs> but it says in, in uh, Exodus 7 11, it says, Pharaoh called his wise men and their sorcerers to come forward, and uh, they're magicians of Egypt, and they did exactly the same. But you know what? As I said, God does a greater job always in the counterfeiter, because it says in the next verse that the snake, uh, Aaron, Aaron threw his uh, rod down before Pharaoh's feet and became a snake, and his sorcerers did the same thing. But it says here that Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. He took care of it all. And this is the power of God. So you're going to have the fake out there and the real. We want to know what is real today. We need to live in the real perspective rather than the fake. There is only one true healer, and that is Jesus. John 1 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 11 25, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because he is life, he has the power to give life. He has the power to give life over all things, even though they may appear dead. Jesus rose, Lazarus from the dead. Come forth, Lazarus. And he came out of that cave. 
I'm telling you, there is a power that you tap into is like no other power. And rather look into the world's counterfeit, we need to look to the real thing of Jesus this morning. I always remember the story, and I was just uh, reminded, uh, um, Paul Yonggi Cho, one of the pastors of the last, largest church in the world, passed away September this year, actually. Um, he had a like, church of 800,000, you know, massive. And uh, incredible story. See, he was a Buddhist. He was a Buddhist. He grew up as a Buddhist, practicing the Buddhist religion. But at the age of 19, he, be, he got tuberculosis. Is that how you say it? Tuberculosis, yeah. And um, became very sick, taken to hospital. But he still felt that, you know, my belief will, will, will save me. But nothing changed. Nothing changed at all. He got frustrated. But one day, a lady, a young girl came in, a Christian girl, and said, look, I want to pray for you. I want to tell you about the power of Jesus. I want to tell you about the miracle-working power of Jesus. He wasn't interested because he was still convinced that his Buddhist belief would, would set him free from this illness. But he soon realized it was not happening. So he was willing to accept everything and anything. So she laid hands on him, prayed, and he became well. He became a Christian through that. And of course, he went on to like grow a church of 800,000 plus other churches around the world. Amazing ministry because one girl reached out and he saw the power of God at hand. The power of God moved. And he also realized that there was a counterfeit because he'd seen in his own religion people get healed. But he went on to say later, he said, look, I've seen the Buddhists pray healing on people and they get healed, but it doesn't last because it's a fake. It doesn't last. It's only the true healing of Jesus that lasts. Amen. So the Jesus, sorry, the world right now needs to know that there is a Savior, there is a healer in Jesus. He can heal you of all your conditions, all your things. And we're going to pray for people at the end of this meeting. We're going to believe for that. Because people have an understanding of the supernatural, but they haven't made the connection to the God who provides that. They only know the counterfeit. I remember working in a youth hostel years ago, and I used to carry stuff, and this is a real good tool to do this, if you can, to have things always on you. You know, it always says, always be ready to give an account for the hope that is in you. We should always be ready to say why. And I had this little uh, CD or DVD of a, um, of a meeting that I'd been to in uh, Oxford Falls in Sydney, where they had this guy with a healing gift healing people on stage you know he was bringing people up and praying we're seeing them healed and there was this particular one where this woman hobbled on she had one leg shorter than the other she was born that way one shorter so she was sort of like this came on and uh he said like take a seat you know and uh, they brought in the camera so we could all see because it's quite a big place you know and brought her heels together and you could see there was like this much shorter one was shorter by that much and uh, he goes, we're, we're going to believe that God can do this because God can do anything. And so he put his hands just under, supported her, her uh, feet and just said, in the name of Jesus, I command that this uh, leg will grow to match the, to what God had made it to be originally. And as he started praying, we saw this leg start to grow in front of our eyes. <laughs> and I go, oh my goodness, on camera. Got the, this is not like smoke and mirrors this is actually had a camera right there so you can see close up it actually happening now 
So I had this tape and I thought, well, this is, oh, actually this disc. And I thought, this is great, a great tool of witness. So I've been, I was witnessing to a few people on my shift. And, uh, and I got into this woman, this woman was talking about healing because she was into kind of new agey kind of stuff and uh, healing. She believed in healing, but not like what we were, what I was about to tell her about. And uh, anyway, so I said, look, are you interested in seeing somebody healed? She goes, oh, yeah, 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 it'd be cool. And I said, well, have a look at this. So we were allowed to watch TV in our break and stuff. So I threw this thing on there and uh, up comes this, this guy praying for this woman, leg healing stands and she's going oh my goodness and I said what did you just see there she goes well the leg just grew and I said yeah that's right exactly I said so where do you think that came from then how did that happen then so we need to ask people the questions because people just will go oh and her response straight away was goes from some power from some power and I said what power would that be (laughs) and she said oh a power in the universe and see I don't let go I keep pushing them and because some people will just work it through themselves and I said what power in the universe is there and you can see like oh I don't know perhaps there is a God <laughs> you see there's that moment when people have a realization that there is something greater than themselves it's not just something out there that something out there is God and God has a power and authority to create all things and heal all people and I thought, wow, what an amazing uh, time that was just to break through that little barrier for her to actually understand that. But this morning, I want to take us to a passage in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through to 24. This is Jesus. You've got your Bibles there with you. Matthew 4, 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. And his fame went through all Syria, and they brought to him all those being badly ill, suffering various diseases and torments, and those who had been possessed with demons, and those who had been moonstruck and paralytics. He healed them. He healed them. He healed them all. Let me just pray this morning before I get started. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your truth, for your word. God, we look to your word this morning because it is truth. It's truth there to teach us, train us, instruct us in the ways of God. And Father, I pray this morning that we'll all have an encounter with you this, this day, that God will see your healing power touch us in whatever way we need to be touched this morning that God will rise up with a confidence to reach out to others and pray for others that need healing as well. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your truth. For your word is all truth. We give you all the glory and all the power in the mighty name of Jesus. So here we see Jesus walking around Galilee, teaching the word, proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. But then we see at the end it kind of blossoms out, majors out into a whole era of healing. Jesus healed the sick. But you know what? This is what he was called to do. This is what his anointing was for. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because of this he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim deliverance to the captives, new sight to the blind, to set at liberty those having been crushed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus was anointed for all these things. But I want to tell you, it didn't end with Jesus. He anoints us also by the power of His Holy Spirit to do likewise. You know, Jesus came to set the captives free. We were captive to this world. And He, he just does a, 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 well, an amazing job in just setting us free from all things. All things. And that was what He was called to do. That's why He came. He came because of His love towards us. God is a good God, and God gives us benefits. Knowing God is great benefits. Psalm 103, uh, 2 lists a whole load of them, but just the first part, he says, Bless Jehovah, all my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from ruin, who crowns you with love and kindness, and tender mercies. You know, God wants to restore you this morning because He is the God that restores. He is the God that forgives you. He is the God who heals you. You know, we've seen many healings over time in this church, and uh, I just love seeing the power of God move. You know, how great it is, you know, to see somebody healed. I, I find it also great to see somebody praying for healing for the first time and see somebody healed. Uh, years ago, Sharon and I were invited to uh, be like the camp parents of a youth camp a few years ago. And we were talking on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the, God has the power to heal and all these things. And at the end, I said, right now it's the practical part of it. I've preached, now I'm going to do the practical part. And I split the team into two and those, some people here would be there, would have been there. And I had my daughter, Ashley. Now, Ashley was pretty huge. She wasn't, I don't even think she was a youth leader. Oh, she was a little bit, yeah. And she, but she's never prayed for healing. She, now she's seen people pray for healing and, and it's all good. But I like to throw people on the spot. <laughs> and I did it with my daughter. And I said, Ashley, I want you to take those group over there and uh, you're going to pray for healing for those guys. Now there was a guy in the, on the camp that damaged his ankle. <laughs> yeah, Monkey knows who it was. And uh, we had to get these crutches hanging around, whatever. And I said, well, there you go. You're going to pray for him. We're going to see him healed. And Ashley's going, but Dad, Dad, I haven't, I haven't done this. I, haven't, I, don't, I don't know what my... What, don't worry, it's all cool. Just believe, you know. <laughs> and so she went off, and, and my side, we're, we're praying for other things. And uh, next to me, there's a big scream over there. Woo! And you see this guy who was on crutches, you know, it was like this five minutes ago, is now bouncing up and down, you know, <laughs> all over the place. And we thought, wow, this is great. This is awesome. And then Ashley goes, it worked. <laughs> and... And I thought, well, how great that is. But you know, there's a moment like that for all of us if we only just reach out and touch somebody that needs prayer. I pray for people all the time. They just, I've prayed for people in the supermarket. I've bumped into someone, how you going? I'm not well. So let me just pray for you. In the middle, of, oh, I don't care if you're walking past. Who cares? Just lay hands on them and, and see them recover. Part of the reason we don't do that sometimes is because we go, what if it doesn't happen? You know, you got that kind of feel where you go, you're sort of praying and you're looking at the corner of your eye, hoping there's something's changing. If it doesn't, you go, oh, you'll be all right, and you walk off. You know, we can understand firstly, it is God that does the healing. He's 
called us to lay hands on the sick. And that's what we're called to do, lay hands on the sick and see the grace of God move through and heal somebody. We need to be that conduit that actually makes that, that connection. Because it says in Mark 16 and 17, miraculous signs will follow to those believe in these things. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will be well. So when we come to a position where we're praying for somebody, we need to actually believe, this is important, that you believe that they will be well. If you're going like this behind your back, crossing your fingers, that's not really faith, is it? So you need to actually go to a place go, God, you said it. I'm going to stand on that word and I'm going to believe it. We need a scripture, you know, like it says there, they will lay hands on the sick and they will be well. You say, God, right now, your word tells me if I lay my hands on the sick, they will be well. You need to speak God's word into, into uh, the situation when you're healing. And um, so you get to that place where you, you say, God, this, this is you. And I'm telling you, when you know it's God that does the healing, not you, it takes that feel off you. Well, you know, whatever happens, it, I'm just doing what I'm called to do. I'm just being obedient, you know, because I have seen some instant healings. I've seen some healings that have taken place over time. They slowly got better, quicker than what the doctors ever expected. And then I've not seen anything happen. I remember uh, Christine Pringle talking about it one time, full of faith this meeting and this lady comes forward in a wheelchair grabs her stand up she fell down she did it again fell down she said I just felt so deflated but she realized it was God that does the miracle and God does everything in his own time for his own purpose his own reason for his own glory and we need to remember that ultimately you will be healed in heaven because there is no sickness in heaven so when you look forward and go, well, I don't know the timing of this, but I'm going to believe God's going to heal because I know He's going to heal, whether it's right now, a little bit later, or a bit later again, He is going to heal you. So that gives you a confidence to actually step out and pray and believe because He asks us to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Because this morning there are many, many forms of healing that need to take place. First, there's a spiritual healing. Spiritual healing is a renewal and restoration of the human spirit. This is what is talked about when Jesus talked about you must be born again. You know, sin separates us from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God made a way for us to come back, that we could be spiritually healed, that we could have a right relationship with Him. promises in John 1 12 but as many as received him he gave them the authority to become the children of God to those who believe on his name there's a spiritual healing that takes place when we give our life to Jesus Christ when we ask forgiveness of our sins because we were separated because of sin in our lives but when we come to God and say I'm sorry I messed up you know and we receive Jesus we have that spiritual healing that starts to take place we also have emotional healing. When we sin, we feel guilt. Guilt is not just a fact, but it is an, an emotional reaction. When somebody else sins against us, we feel all kinds of emotions. Anger, shame, bitterness. 
But emotional healing is when you when you've been healed emotionally, you no longer react like you used to to those things that hurt you, those emotions. Uh, you know, I found that because, you know, you, there's things that people do to you. You know, there's things that people really tick you off or have done some bad stuff to you. And every time you think about them, you get angry. Every time you think about it, you feel like I want to kill somebody. We had a man come here many times over the years uh, in the past. And every time there'd be a big break, before we saw him again. He would come for a few weeks. Great to see you, you know, whatever. And then he would disappear. He'd come back six to a year, months to a year later. And this time he'd bring books with him. And I go, what's the books? He goes, oh, I want to give you a free copy. This, this changed my life. This is amazing. I got this Kurong. This is great. Kurong, <coughs> sorry. Um, but he said, look, this book from the Kurong has really helped me uh, because I had a lot of things going on, a lot of emotional issues from the past. And I read this, and I feel like a new man, and I'm you know, right in here again and all this. He stayed with us for a few months, and then he disappears again. And I didn't see him for two years or so, and then he came back again. I said, great to see you. I said, like, where have you been? Oh, I've got this other book, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, would you like one? And I, okay, yes, that's good, it's good. I said, look, we need to catch up. We need to catch up. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, we do. I said, look something not right here I said you know and, and I said as I was praying for the situation of yours I said I felt God say there's unforgiveness in your life it's unforgiveness and you cannot deal with what's happened to you I said I don't know what's happened to you but whatever's happened to you has got a hold of you and it's affected you and this is why this pattern is happening you find a book that gives you some sort of uh, understand of things and it makes you feel good but then you haven't applied the principle of forgiveness to that person and uh, you go back the same as I said this he looked down he says I do have unforgiveness but he says you don't understand I said no I don't understand I don't need to understand I just know the principles and he says no I had somebody abuse me as a child and uh, I can never forgive him and I said look I know that I said, look, I cannot comprehend that sort of thing happened to myself. But I said, I know Jesus can heal you, but you have to do it his way. You have to ask for forgiveness. That doesn't mean that person is right. doesn't mean that person is going to get away with it. God will deal with it. Revenge is mine, says the Lord. I will deal with this person. And he says, I can't do it. And I said, well, let's just pray. And we prayed and we prayed, but he still struggled. You see, when you choose not to forgive, that, that anger, that whatever it is that's been on you, holds you in a holding pattern for life. To break the power of that, you need to actually forgive, and then you will start to see the healing process of Jesus taking place. We see in, in the life of King David, King David one day saw Bathsheba on the roof. And uh, shouldn't have been looking, and uh, <laughs> but he did, and he thought she looked very pretty, and uh, and of course the story goes on that he found out she was married to uh, Uriah, who was on the front line fighters in David's army, and uh, David actually sent him out there on purpose, knowing that he would get killed because he wanted Bathsheba for himself. He did all the things that were wrong. The prophet Nathan basically brought that to light, but we see in 
Psalm 32, verse 5, David's confession. He said, I confess my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I will confess my transgression to Jehovah and you will forgive me the iniquity of my sin. See, not only was David forgiven, but he was also received the removal of the feelings of guilt. He was emotionally healed. You see, when we hold on to things, nothing changes. For something to change, something has to change. Some people want things to change, but they're not willing to make anything change to make the change. Does that make sense? I'm giving myself all round circles there. <clears throat> so there's an emotional healing that takes place when we are open. You know, sometimes that's really tough, and you may need to share with someone that's really close to you that you can trust. Because you, you, some people you just can't trust. You don't want to tell everybody your story. You know, you don't need to. You need to have someone to help you through those moments. Emotional healing. And then, of course, there's the physical healing. Matthew 4.23 says, And Jesus went all about Galilee, te Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. All kinds. Not just some kinds. All kinds. And then it goes on to say, his fame went through because, throughout Syria. Can you imagine if someone was coming through, um, like if Jesus was coming through Salisbury and you start hearing he's healing everybody? I'll tell you, word will travel very fast, especially with phones. Ding, ding, ding. Um, but it goes on to say that he, uh, they brought them to him, those that were badly ill, suffering various diseases and torments, those who had been possessed with demons, and those who had been moonstruck and paralytics, and he healed them. He healed them. He healed all kinds of sicknesses and disease. You know, I want to say some uh, diseases are demonic. Okay, I want, I want you to know that because sometimes we're praying and we've got to understand what we're praying for. You know, I've seen people demonically possessed and I've seen people that have had uh, demons basically on their back as such, not totally possessed, but they were actually inflicting pain on them. I love Smith Wigglesworth. He was very aware of that when he used to his ministry, you'd love his ministry for those that don't know Smith Wigglesworth, I just love listening to his stories and uh, he was in the 1928 sort of that was his big sort of era and he would punch people he would punch people he'd go, what are you doing? and he'd often be, uh, would be asked the question why are you punching people? you're supposed to be praying for healing, he says I am he says when I punch them, I'm punching the devil that's inflicting the pain upon them and uh, <laughs> He'd do these crazy things. But he was a man of faith and knew the power of God. There's a story of one afflicted child, a young child, very young, born with his feet like that, like that. So he can hardly walk, you know, struggle to walk. One meeting, he's on a big platform higher than this. There's a crowd out there and this lady came forward with her son. As he said, if you need healing, come forward. And she brought her son, plonked him up on the stage. Smith took one look at him, took one step back, came forward, kicked him up in the air. Everyone screamed, what are you doing? And the, but eyewitnesses all around said that as the child was turning the air, come, coming down to the ground, suddenly his feet just turned out and landed as they sort of caught him. Unbelievable things. Imagine having faith like that. 
Nobody dies on Smith Wigglesworth's watch either. If they die, he'd bring them back to life. 21 people or so. I remember sharing this in Myanmar, the power of God through a believer. And I talked about Smith Wigglesworth one time being asked to come pray for this family, just lost somebody. They're all crying, the body's there and all that. He didn't see a dead body. He saw a person that was about to come to life. And he grabbed the body, threw it against the wall, and said, in the name of Jesus, live, let go, fell to the floor, grabbed it again, up against the wall. I said, live, fell to the floor, did it a third time, and all of a sudden the guy coughed, came to life. And I don't know what the people were thinking, like, is this how you treat a dead body? <laughs> uh, but he saw it as life. You see, when you understand the life of Jesus and you have that faith and you hear his voice and you see that which he can do, all things are possible. All things are possible. We've had people set free from demonic things before. In Myanmar, Sharon and I and uh, another guy at the time, we called us, look, we're in the village and this girl had this real stomach issue and uh, been to the doctors. Nothing could seem to heal her. They were giving her tablets and things. She's feeling really bad. And I said, well, we've got to go pray for her. So the team went off and we laid hands on this girl, started praying. She couldn't understand English, I don't think. We were just praying in English. And demons understand English too. And uh, as we're praying, we stopped after, and I said, through a translator, I said, how's she feeling? And uh, he asked the girl and she said, I feel worse. I feel really bad now. I thought, well, that's a great prayer, wasn't it? And uh, but I thought, no, 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 because we sense straight away there's something demonic here. So our prayer changed from just praying for healing to casting this thing out, come out of her in the name of Jesus. Anyway, she, she felt better, but we didn't know what that meant long term because we had to leave. And we got reports saying that she was totally healed, totally healed because it was a demonic thing on her that was causing a sickness. But we saw her totally set free. I'm telling you, Jesus can set anyone free. Look at the story of, uh, in Matthew 17. There's a story of a, of a boy who, uh, who his father said was a lunatic. He kept throwing himself in the fire and the water and all this. It said the disciples had been praying for people and seeing people healed, suddenly had this confidence, you know, to pray for this boy, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. And uh, the father was so concerned, he went to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you do anything? Your disciples already had to go. Nothing's happening. Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. And uh, Jesus lays hands on the boy, gets totally healed. And of course, the disciples were watching all this, and the disciples go, what do we lack? And Jesus said, faith. But he also said, this type does not come out without prayer and fasting. This is a demonic uh, thing in this boy. So when we start to understand, when we read and learn from the Scriptures, we'll see the different stories, and we'll start to understand the way we address our prayers to different circumstances. But on that note, too, you must make sure that it is demonic and not emotional. I know of one lady, I read a story of one lady that in a meeting, the power of God just hit the meeting place. And suddenly she starts to cry. She starts to scream. She starts to move her hands up and down and people, Christians go, demonic, demonic, you know, like they had a demonic 
uh, detector there. They raced over, started trying to cast a demon out or whatever, and she's getting worse and, and nothing's happening. She didn't go violent. She was just like that. Suddenly somebody got a word of knowledge from God saying, it's not a demon. I'm just helping her to get through all the hurts of the past. She was reliving them as she was there in the presence of God. God was showing her pictures of things that she had to deal with that she'd never dealt with to get over that sickness. And she was reacting to that in the physical. She was crying. She was screaming all this, but it was not demonic. So be careful when you do pray for that. But Jesus prayed and, and healed many. It goes on in that passage to say, and those that have been moonstruck, doesn't mean they were struck by the moon. <laughs> moonstruck means to be like mentally unbalanced. When I saw the word moonstruck, it just reminded me of when I grew up in England where my auntie lived across the road was a old English pub. It was called the Moonrakers. The Moonrakers, and I thought, that's an unusual name. And I found out the history of that was there used to be a guy in the village. Um, he, was, he was like, uh, I don't know if it would have been retarded or something. I'm not sure exactly what his history was, but go out at night time and there used to be a lake there and of course when the moon came out it used to shine the reflection on on the water and he'd get a rake and try to rake the moon off the water and that's how they got the name moon rakers but uh but the thing is this guy obviously had a mental health issues and god can restore that jesus can restore that as well and those have lost the limbs paralytics you know uh I've seen that. I've seen people like we had a guy here one time damaged his knee uh, doing karate or something. I don't know. And uh, I had a couple guys just praying for him. And, and we, everyone was praying for different people at that time. And suddenly we just heard a crack. And his, his knee that was out of joint, it suddenly went into place. And he got up and said, oh, my goodness, I'm healed. He said, I felt all this heat in my leg. I can move it. You know, it's, it's working. It's working. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. That same power of God can touch you today. That same power of God wants to minister to you. But we need to have, to have a place of faith and not doubt. So if you doubt, you know, even Jesus sent people away. Uh, Jesus sent people out of the room. There was a story of a little girl in Matthew chapter 9. This little girl who, uh, who I think, well, it says here, it says, uh, Go back for the little girl is not dead but sleeps. They laughed at him. So people were laughing at Jesus when he said, No, she's healed. She's not dead. This little girl had died. And said, No. And people laughed at him. Now, when people laugh at you, you could easily lose hope and lose faith in the whole deal. But it says, Jesus put the people outside. It says, I will not have that in my, in my room where I'm about to pray for healing. And he said, He went in and he took the hand of the little girl and rose her up. Sometimes atmospheres make a big difference. When you're in an atmosphere of faith, all things can happen. But when there's doubt, scoffers, and things like that. You know, one lady that was dying of terminal cancer in a, in a room, um, her daughter came and visited her and said to her, look, you know, you've been given a week or so to live. You know, do you think it's your time? Do you think God has taken you? She says, no, it's not my time. She says, well, we're going to fight for this. So you've got to fight for things. And she says, this is what we're going to do. In her, in her um, hospital ward or a room, she had a private room, it got all the scriptures to do with healing. By his stripes we are healed, you know. 
We'll lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. All these things, she posts them all around the wall, her daughter did, for her mum to look at. She says, mum, read them, read them, read them, read them. Read them a thousand times a day. Keep going over and believe them. Believe, read and believe. And she said to the nurse, I don't want anybody coming here, visiting her that has a negative attitude. I don't want anyone coming here. Oh, you poor dear. She says, no, we want a place of faith. We want people to be uh, uh, coming here with faith. Anyone else is banned. So she banned some family members and, and so forth. Anyway, within a week, they saw there was a change taking place. The cancer went into remission and today she's alive. And it's because she spoke the word of God, the power of God, believed the truth, and the truth set her free from that illness. And I'm telling you, God can do that. Mark 9.23 says, If you can believe, Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe. Can you believe this morning? Can you believe for a miracle? I once had a situation with a deaf guy and um, we were just talking about healing. And, you know, this, this is the test of your faith. When, when he came up to me and he says, you know, he could speak red lips. And uh, uh, he said, look, uh, you talk about healing. I, I want to be healed, he said. You know, that's how he spoke. And, uh, and, and I'm going, oh, yeah, I, I talked about it, but I didn't know it was going to be a hard one like this, you know. Yeah, I, I, I deaf. I said, yeah, I know you are. Um, and uh, he said, you heal, you pray, heal. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it now. Yeah. Anyway, so I, uh, we started praying. As I'm praying, I suddenly felt like a, something was going on that was not good. Like I just felt this doubt in the room. This, like, I could feel the miracle was ha- waiting to happen, but there was doubt in that room. And I remember having to do this, and this is like in a kind of connect group situation. And I said, look, feel God just said there's somebody here that can't believe for what we're about to pray for, for the healing of this deaf guy. And uh, I said, could you please leave the room? I didn't want to embarrass them. I kind of felt who I, I knew who it was. They wouldn't move. <laughs> so I kind of said it again nicely, and they just wouldn't move. And I thought, well, I can't chuck them out. Um, that wouldn't look good. Uh, but uh, anyway, so we just prayed anyway. But as we started to pray, he started to hear. He's getting all excited. He's like, oh, I heard something. And we kept pushing through. And we, once again, we just felt this block. And I just said, look, if that person left, they would not leave. But we got a little bit. We got a little bit. Sometimes it's a blockage because of lack of faith, lack of belief in the room. But we need to stand in faith regardless of whether they are, whether they are healed or not too sometimes. Like he wasn't totally healed. But that doesn't change who Jesus is. I like what Paul says in Philippians 1.20, Christ shall be magnified in my body with all boldness, whether it's by life or by death. Whether a person lives or dies, doesn't matter. Christ will be magnified. And we will magnify him regardless of the outcome of somebody being healed or not. But we will keep continuing to pray. And this is the thing, you keep continuing to pray. Because nothing happened to me, well, we're going to keep praying. God likes that. That's faith. When you keep coming back and say, no, we're not giving up on this, God. We know you can. Your word tells me I'm going to keep going to this, keep going to this. And um, we all believe that God will make those breakthroughs. This morning, you may be here and you need healing. And like we open up this altar every week for healing. 
and we just believe God to do a miracle. And you may need a miracle. And God can do that. But we want that atmosphere of faith. We want that atmosphere, but it's not faith only. Faith is like the conditioning for the miracle to work, but it's by God's grace. It's by God's grace that we are saved, by faith. It's by God's grace that we are healed through faith. It's like when we plant, I'm terrible planting plants. Um, everything I plant dies unless it's a weed. Uh, but, but it has to have the right conditions. You know, like I, I, I was trying to grow this thing out of seed and just didn't sort of work and, because I didn't have the right environment. I didn't have any nutrients. I had not the right thing. Jesus showed it, shows us that there's times where you need to have faith in the atmosphere, where you always need faith in the atmosphere, and you sometimes there's those that need to be removed from the atmosphere. Sorry, I'm not leading up to something here where I want you to leave. If you, <laughs> What I'm saying is I want you to have a position of faith. God said it, I believe it, and that says, settles it. That's where it's got to be. you just got to go there. God, I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. See, too many of us try to understand that. You know, I see people praying, and they're going like, oh, what's going on here? How's this going to happen? You know, how's that? That's impossible. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing, reason you're praying, because it is impossible with, for you, but it's not possible. It's all possible by God. So that's where we need to go. So we're going to open up in a minute. Uh, we're going to pray for people that want to come forward for prayer for healing. But the most important healing there is the healing of the heart, healing of your relationship with God. And that comes with knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I wonder, I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. And because uh, this is the most important healing that you could ever have. And that's the healing of Jesus. Knowing that you are forgiven by your God. Knowing that uh, you will live with him forever. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never asked for forgiveness of sins. All those things you've done wrong, God wants to forgive you. But you need to actually ask. If you've never done that never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, you shall be saved. God wants all saved, but he will not force you in any way. That's you in this place this morning, and you're feeling that little tug, like I need to make that decision. Or perhaps you once made that decision, but you haven't been living it for a while and you just need to be reassured that I'm okay with God. Whatever the case may be, Jesus is here for you this morning. and He will receive you. But you need to just, you know, just so I know who I'm praying for, wherever you are, just raise your hand. I'll see that hand. I'll just know that I'm praying for the right person. And uh, I believe God's going to touch you this morning. If that's you, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, and you haven't done that, you may have already done that, that's fine having and you want that opportunity right now um, just raise your hands and we pray for you prayer of salvation to invite jesus into your life as lord and savior thank you jesus thank you jesus now this morning within any congregation there's always something going on and god knows already what, what is happening in your life, where you're at. And you may need healing. Now, healing is not always just physical. As I said, it could be emotional, spiritual. There could be many deals going on in your life now. 
but I want you to have confidence to know that Jesus is your healer. And as we look to Him this morning, don't look to the situation, look to Him. I believe that He will heal you. So we're going to play this last song. As we do, I want everyone to stand to the feet if you can stand right now. I want you to come forward and we're going to follow the Word of God, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you are suffering, it may be physical, emotional, whatever it may be, we believe God is going to touch you this morning. The power of God is going to fill this place. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Father, I pray right now you're going to demonstrate your power in those that are sick, those that need healing, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. God, you're going to move in this place today. Father, for your word is all truth. And God, we stand on your word where you say, lay the hand, your hands on the sick and they shall recover. So God, we believe for the miracle this morning. God, we stand in faith. We stand strong. And we believe, God, you're going to do a miracle. In Jesus' mighty name.